This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Social media is now part of our world. It's a tool that can be used or misused. There's a lot of rancor and misunderstanding concerning it. It can also be used to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, has a history of using technology as a mission tool. There's even a group of Christian social media specialists dedicated to the Great Commission. LCMS social media manager Peter Slayton is a member of that group and recently met at Facebook headquarters in California. Peter, along with KFUO digital media specialist Sarah Golseth, discussed with me the best way for the faithful to use social media to spread the word of God's love on today's World Luther News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. A group of Democratic senators have introduced a bill yesterday that would require the U.S. Census and the country's largest survey to start directly asking about sexual orientation and gender identity. If the Census Equality Act becomes law, sexual orientation and gender identity questions would have to be added to the forms for the census by 2030 and for the American Community Survey, a survey of about 1 in 38 households that are required by federal law to complete every year, by 2020. Arkansas taxpayers won another victory in court Monday when a federal judge rejected Planned Parenthood's arguments against defunding it of Medicaid dollars. Arkansas moved to strip the abortion chain of taxpayer dollars in 2015 after undercover videos exposed Planned Parenthood's baby body parts trade. The abortion chain sued, but in November, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals granted a victory to the state. On Monday, U.S. District Judge Christine Baker also ruled against the abortion group by rejecting its new request for a preliminary injunction against the state. The U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia ruled against a Christmas ad yesterday that the Archdiocese of Washington wanted to run on the Metro. The Washington Times report that the court ruled that the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority can prohibit religious and political ads as long as it does so consistently. In 2015, the Metro adopted a policy that prohibits political, religious, or advocacy ads on its transportation system. In 2017, it rejected the Archdiocese Christmas ad, arguing that it violated its policy. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work by the Longafi I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. I have two guests today. One is the LCMS social media manager, Peter Slayton, and the KFUO digital media specialist, who's also co-host of Coffee Hour, Sarah Golseth. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. And I appropriately have coffee, so. That's you do. True. I'm good. And this show is not an hour Just like your other show isn't actually an hour. No, I know. But we're going to pack a lot into this. Indeed we are. (laughs) And you may have noticed, as I said, that we've actually got a couple of social media types here. The reason being, social media has really come into the world of theology and other places. And everybody seems to be on it. A lot of people are screaming at each other on it. A lot of misinformation is getting out. 
And it just so happens that Peter just came back from a conference at, <clears throat> dare I say it, the Facebook headquarters. Yes, Ooh. One Hacker Way. I was Whoa. actually at One Hacker Way. That's kind of a cool street address. That's a real place. It's a real place. That's yep. crazy. Menlo Park, California. That's where it's located. So I've actually saw, seen that address at the bottoms of emails. Yeah. And I'm yep. like, oh, the, huh, that's fake. Nope, that's actually their that's address. That's really funny. Yeah, that's the main headquarters now. <laughs> now, there was a specific reason why you were called this. You were in, actually invited to the headquarters, is yeah. my understanding. So I'm, I'm a member of a Facebook group that is created for... Uh, large churches, denominations, Christian organizations, the, the social media people for all of those categories have their own uh, Facebook group. It's a, it's a special invite-only kind of group. And every year, that group hosts a conference somewhere uh, where they get together and basically help each other with best practices and improving our social media game, if you will, um, all Christians coming together to help each other out. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, they had it at Disney World. And <laughs> then last year, uh, the first time I got to attend was at Lionsgate Studios, MGM, Ooh. hosted out in Santa Monica. And this year, Facebook actually invited us to their campus to have our conference there. Not only did they invite us to their campus to have the conference, but they provided over half of the speakers and they gave us free food. What? It was awesome. <laughs> there were tater tots. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the, the, the thing that gets me is that there's been a lot of talk about social media and Facebook particularly uh, being hostile to, yeah. to Christians. And yet they actually hosted this. Yeah. And, and they knew we were Christians. And that we were there because we are Christians using social media. So that that was interesting to me too, because yes, there is this this reputation out there of, of Facebook and other large companies of that nature, due to the direction our culture seems to be heading in, to essentially be hostile to Christianity in in every way, and that their everything that they're doing is kind of focused on squashing the gospel, squashing our message. Uh, it it often gets you know bound up in conservative politics as well, so it's really difficult to kind of separate out Christianity from conservative politics and and see the difference because so often those things tend to go together on on social media, get lumped in together. So there there is, for better or worse, for right or wrong, this impression that Facebook is eventually going to you know shut down your church page if you try and preach the gospel i mean that's i've heard that all over the place and it's it's a warning pretty much everywhere mm -hmm. i know sarah you've even encountered this in different places too right yeah yeah i've seen it, it well <laughs> and it, nothing has happened to us yet i mean yeah because you know whatever but I, i've seen a lot of of those posts just on my personal uh, news feed that there's that I'm friends with certain people that like to share certain things that mm -hmm. may be inflammatory um, but it's it's it, it most of the time it seems like it's things that are pulled out of context or um, are inflammatory yeah. that it's it's a certain it's a story that got you know misconstrued by somebody and then somebody else took that headline and, and all people read is the headline and so if they read at all if they read at all <laughs> yeah well we we just talked about this on the coffee hour actually Ooh, with pastor sutton nice. um, about uh people uh only reading headlines and, and not actually <laughs> and then reacting well, guilty and, <laughs> right well and kip probably knows this but um you know the headline and, and the story aren't 
always or ever written by the same person. No, that's absolutely true. In journalism, yeah. uh, the headlines are rarely written by the writer. So it may or may not actually be what the entire story is about. So people yeah. will read a headline and react to that headline yeah. without actually reading the entire context of the story. And then, you know, and, and in the way of social media, things get shared and commented on and angry emojied and then people have a big you know freak out session about something that is totally not even what the original post it, was so so whether it's it's warranted or not there does exist a perception that facebook will eventually squash all christian language christian messaging on its on its social platform and you said that facebook is aware of this problem and is trying to correct yeah it. so so one of the individuals who hosted us her position her actual title is global faith-based partnerships leader hmm. and facebook actually recruited her for this position she didn't apply they went and found her um I'm, i don't remember her story exactly of how how they found her but her entire position is about helping churches create online communities through Facebook. So Facebook's new mission statement, they've actually tweaked their mission statement, and I wish I had should have written it down before we came, but <laughs> it's actually, instead of just connecting the whole world together, it's they're now shifting to helping create communities, you know, global communities. And so they've recognized that churches are a place that creates community and churches can do this online and they want churches to be doing this on their platform. So this individual is fairly high level and her, her position there goes around to pastors and congregations and helps them set up their Facebook group and tells them what they need to do to make it successful, to, to use the tools properly, to use them well, to get their message out. And what was awesome and and unexpected and somewhat shocking is that the people who are giving the presentations at this conference uh, all of them were christians that in and of itself wasn't surprising but almost every single one of them in their slideshow and their presentation or their deck as they call it one of their first slides was either some sort of bible verse or the great commission itself right up front and then saying look i'm at facebook because I think this is the best platform to get the gospel out to the entire world. And by the way, these decks are created by Facebook and they're approved by Facebook and by their staff and, and they're put together by the IT department. And so this is all completely um, endorsed and supported by Facebook that these Christians are Christians at Facebook because of the Great Commission and, and this is allowed and encouraged. So while I said though on the one hand I say you know there there does there is this narrative out there that does have some backing to it whether it's an intentional squashing or it's the uh the whims of an algorithm that Facebook is out to get you at the same time Facebook has recognized this is a large base if we are trying to create community across the whole world this is actually part of that community we need to be assisting in creating and helping. Well, Christianity is still the largest faith in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so they brought on this individual about a little over a year ago, um, or somewhere around a year ago, and that's when they started making this shift, where Mark Zuckerberg has started talking right around a year ago about making this shift to our mission isn't just to connect everybody, but it's actually to help create healthy online communities, which is very interesting. Yeah. And then immediately recognizing Christians are doing that, and we want to help Christians do that. Well, one thing that, that 
that I had heard. In fact, I think I heard this from you. Oh, boy. Well, consider the source. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Is that a lot of uh, many times when when a post is polled, it's either because of an algorithm that perhaps did not see the context properly or it was poorly worded. Yeah, <laughs> we, this this is one of the biggest problems. And I think this is why I say that the reputation isn't always deserved. So Facebook, so much of what they do is automated. Now, there was a massive scandal over the last year about their trending news and the people that were kind of handpicking the trending news and all that kind of stuff. Well, ultimately, what's happened with that is they've killed that entire yeah. feature. That is gone. It now. is gone. It's, I kind of miss it. I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, well, that's interesting to see what people are talking about. But once you learn that it's at least to some degree handpicked and there did seem to be some actual people behind it pushing some things down and pushing other things through, yep. you know, that there was, there was, you know, there was a big scandal about that. So Facebook killed it. They said, okay, after, after looking at it, they killed that entire feature. It's no longer there. Well, now where am I going to get my news? Uh, how am I going to know what's I cool? I don't know what's happening. Twitter still has it. You can oh, go to okay. Twitter. I'm it's good. okay. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, did I just say that on an interview about Facebook? <laughs> Ouch. So, so you have that side of, okay, there was human involvement, human interaction, pushing a particular bias, and they created a big scandal, and then Facebook killed it. So that's interesting. On the other hand, there also is Facebook, I I like to call it the almighty algorithm, that you live and die on Facebook by the algorithm. I mean, the LCMS page used to get massive reach. You know, we we Mm -hmm. have 146,000 followers, people who who like our page. I'm using air quotes on the radio. That's always really (laughs) effective. Yeah, works really well. Um, Who like our page. And it used to be that we post something, and in a given week, we'd get at least double that amount of people who would see a post. Well, the algorithm shifted once again about a year ago with with all of this stuff happening to where pages like ours simply don't get the reach that they did before. Now, some people would be inclined to say, oh, no, they're squashing the Christians. And I look at it and say, no, they've changed the algorithm to now favor different things like live video and group activity because they've discovered that's where people are actually interacting. So let's reward the pages and the individuals who interact in the way that actually seems to be helping build community Mm -hmm. and build that engagement rather than the clickbait and the like baiting and just trying to get people to like your stuff as much as possible. Facebook made an intentional shift towards let's actually get people productively engaging with each other. So the algorithm really rules everything on Facebook. And so like you were saying, Kip, you know, sometimes people get ads pulled. They want to promote their church. And they've they've worded it in such a way um, where I, I had a pastor contact me this week, you know, saying, hey, our preschool had this. Our church was running this ad for our preschool and, you know, it got rejected. What's the deal? Is Facebook just squashing Christians? You know, that's it's a pretty standard thing that you hear. You assume, well, Facebook doesn't like Christians. It's an ad for my church. We're a fairly conservative church. Therefore, that's the problem. Well, I, I took a look at the ad and I just suggested a couple different things. I said, well, let's look at how this is worded. Who does it look like this ad is targeting? The ad in the text, the teaser text and the ad itself talked about three to five-year-olds. And so the way in which it was written, if an algorithm, a computer is reading that, it's going to say, you're targeting three to five-year-olds. We don't allow that 
that's not a good thing. <laughs> and so in this case, the, the most, the easiest, simplest answer isn't you're a conservative church, therefore Facebook is banning you. It's this is a poorly written ad that looks like it's targeting children. Well, let's let's rewrite that. How how can we rewrite this so it looks like you're talking to the parents and trying to get the parents to bring their kids to your preschool? It's it's a very different kind of thing. But because of this perception of what Facebook is, and like I said, in some cases it seems to be warranted, we immediately jump to the oh persecution. It's like ah, oh, maybe it's just bad writing. Yeah, there is there's definitely a skill set in uh, communicating oh, in the genius. digital in the oh, digital yeah. arena uh, in a way that that makes sense, that's concise, and that and and that does uh, you know convey the the thoughts that you're trying to convey and not something else. It, it takes a lot of of thought. Well, I used to be a managing editor for a newspaper about, out west, and. One of the biggest frustrations I would get would be, for example, when a columnist would come in with this, scri- this scribble <laughs> and say, don't edit it, just er- just print just it as go. it is. Yeah, just go. Uh, no. no. Everybody needs an editor. <laughs> yes. No exceptions. Yeah. I like having two editors. It makes me that much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so true. Well, and, and you were mentioning the algorithm too, and and we we noticed the same thing too on our KFUO page uh, that our our reach drastically dropped around the time that the algorithm mm. that the algorithm changed. Um, but the more that we do with um, getting people to interact with our posts and getting people to share content, our mm-hmm. reach has it'll go back up depending on on the content. If it's just static content that nobody's going to interact with, mm-hmm. it doesn't get a lot of yeah. a lot of views. But or or interaction. Well, and it used to be that you could say, hey, share this post with all your friends. Well, the algorithm actually now will squash you if you use like, comment, share, and there was one other word that they brought up. And this is the benefit of like actually talking straight to Facebook people who you are working on this either. stuff. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm getting it straight from them. And so the when you actually, that's called the engagement bait. Yeah. Any bait, you don't want to bait. Clickbait, engagement bait. I think click was another one of the keywords. Oh, I hate posts if, that say that. If, you say, if your post uses any of that language, the almighty algorithm will say, nah, we're going to squish you down a little bit further and make it less likely people will see your stuff. Well, And, is the and that used to work. Yeah, it did. It used to be really amazing. Annoying. You do that and like everybody would share it and everybody would see it. <sighs> and now they're like, that's not good engagement. That yeah. doesn't build healthy communities that we want to build. So we're not going to let you do that anymore. And as the, to- the token millennial, uh, you know, millennial like bells and whistles, yeah. warning signs start going off when you see a post that says... She's the child here in this group. <laughs> yeah, I know. They say, share this post or like this post. And it's just like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Moving yeah. on, scrolling past. Yeah. Because yep. it's just... It's- well, we've got a lot of churches and schools and other organizations that do have a Facebook presence. Mm-hmm. What advice can we give them to avoid these algorithms and, and these traps. The, so if you're using a page, you're going to be tempted to use it only for announcements. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get you very far. People don't come to a page. Well, more and more they come to the page for the announcements, but you're looking to actually genuinely engage either potential visitors or the members of, of your congregation. Mm-hmm. Groups have been significantly improved. Like there have been massive improvements in the last year to groups where you can do all sorts of things now that you could not do before. 
I'm making them an extremely viable community option for any congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to recommend more and more that congregations move towards groups. It's interesting. Facebook is also recommending that. So it's like, yay, Woo-hoo. good. Okay, yeah. we're on the same page here with Facebook. That's weird. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but they're saying use, use the groups because the groups are a lot easier for actually building that community. And yes, I realize that's the Facebook mission, but it really does line up with the best use of social media for a congregation is enabling some of that interaction throughout the week, uh, whether it's with the pastor's sermon, whether it's with continuing dialogue on Bible study, whether it's sharing daily Bible reading or devotional resources with your congregation, you can use groups extremely effectively for that, even more so than pages now. Pages, you have to be really, really good at writing the content for your page so that it actually gets seen. Yeah. It groups literally would need a, 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 a professional web page writer. And, well, not even a web page writer because it's different writing for it a is. web page than oh, yeah. social media. I mean, yes, that's like a different. completely different animal yeah. with yeah. that. When you have those um, tag words at the beginning, the yeah. first 20 words of it, yeah. But when you talk about the almighty algorithm, right now, group activity will pop into your newsfeed before almost anything else. Mm-hmm. If you're a member of a group that's pretty active, on and you're on Facebook regularly, you will notice you're seeing group posts in your newsfeed all the time. Yes. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but you know, you're right. I mean, one of the groups I'm a member of, I've, I've got what's called a Carolina dog. Okay. But, and I have no idea what that is, but I don't it sounds either. cool. <laughs> well, we'll just, we'll just pretend it's yeah, radio. Yeah, Nobody it's, knows. Keep going. <laughs> okay. You can't show us a picture anyway that's if it's it. radio. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There's a specific breed of dog. It's not real common. And uh, I did join this this group. And you're quite right. I mean, to, for example, today I actually had a couple of, of uh, mm-hmm. people from the Carolina group show up on my page. Yep. Because they have a post on their page that's public. But yeah. because you interact with them in that group, the algorithm says this oh, you is must know each other. Yeah. Th- well, this is community. Mm-hmm. This is engagement. We. This is there. The words and topics that were being exchanged, the algorithm recognizes as positive, and so it's saying, "Oh, that's a positive engagement. Let's do more of this. Mm-hmm. Let me show Kip more of this positive engagement because this is good. We like this." All right. And, and, and the more that you comment in those groups, the more they show up. There's yeah. some days, I mean, I'm in a whole bunch of groups, and there are some days when my entire news feed is just groups. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where, where are my friends? I, I have to mute groups because I'm like, okay, I've seen too, too much from that them. group. You know, and, and you get sucked in. But that's the great thing is even, even in that, well, you can mute a group for 24 hours or for a week. So you say, look, I'm seeing this group too much in my newsfeed. Mute it for 24 hours. I don't want to see it. And and so Facebook, when I say they've massively improved how to interact in these things, that includes being able to silence it and say, okay, I need a break. Let me take a use use this healthy mute option and take a break. Yeah. Well, then, Kip, you asked what what churches can do. Um, Yes. Definitely what Peter suggests. Um, along with that, hand in hand with that, is understanding uh, your purpose for having that presence in the first yeah. place. Um, whether you are trying to just share uh, share photos to to a page. I mean, uh, photos tend to do well for most people. Um, avoiding using a page for just an announcement board. Yeah, just um, a self-promotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, posting things that, that people will actually want to interact with. So whether you're you're trying to share information for visitors or for, um, for your congregation, um, and if you have some sort of presence, making sure that it's updated. Uh, I was, I've, I've 
it's summer, so we're traveling, right? And so I'm trying to find churches, and some churches only have a Facebook page, right. which, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then I go to the page, and there hasn't been anything posted in six months. So I don't know if they're on a summer schedule for church. I don't know. Some of their websites, yeah. don't even, the, the links don't even work, so yeah. I can't even go to, a web, to the website. So, you know, if you're going to have the the presence knowing your purpose and why you're even there and making sure that there is somebody actually updating it yeah are very very important things the, the purpose conversation is a difficult one to have yes, and one that most is. churches skip right over because mm-hmm. there's an assumption of there's two billion people on facebook well I of course we should here. be there yeah yeah it's just the way it is mm-hmm. but keep in mind there are some things you cannot do as a church you can't have divine service online so People need to receive God's gifts, need to come to the building, because that's where we have church, Mm -hmm. um, to receive those gifts, to hear the preaching, to receive Christ's body and blood, to be baptized. I mean, those things need to happen in the building. But, and I I say building loosely, I mean, it's it's church. You can have it in in a physical location with other people. Where your people gather. There is no such thing as digital water. That just isn't a thing. (laughs) It's not a baptism. But apart from that... Think of all the things that your church does and offers that can be resources online Mm -hmm. for your congregation. Think strategically about those things. What of those things can your church do well at providing in a group setting or on a Facebook page in a social media setting where you're helping to build that community throughout the week, keeping your people connected to each other, keeping them connected to the congregation while recognizing real church happens in the divine service, not here in the Facebook group, but man, we can do some amazing things connecting and teaching in this Facebook group. And Lutherans have always been in the forefront when it comes to utilizing new technology, whether it's Luther using the printing press or whether it's us using uh, radio for the first time in 1924, and now we've moved on to the Internet and all the social media things. We're keeping it up. Yay! <laughs> Yay! The LCMS was the first Lutheran church body to use Facebook Live. Wow, that is I we, we got it like Winning. less than a week Hashtag. after it came out, and I immediately did a live thing with President Harrison. So we're keeping on top of live video, too, <laughs> <laughs> at least on Facebook. <laughs> oh, Sarah and Peter, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to sit down with me up here in Studio E and discussing this issue of social media. We're moving into the new world. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Okay. And God bless everyone. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.